Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. I am your host, Peter Komalafe. This is where we talk about money and all things personal finance, where we help you make the best financial decisions possible because money is a tool and life is for living. We are almost 200 episodes into the podcast and we haven't spoken about breaking the cycle of credit card debt on the podcast so far. And so that's what we're going to do in this week's episode. Talk very honestly and openly about how to go about doing this. This is something that I've struggled with for a very long time. I had 15 years dealing with debt and credit cards were a big proportion of that. And now that I'm at the back end of it, I just want to share some things that I hope will help you. And I think it's topical. I think it's relevant given where we are right now, because we are still, still in the midst of a cost of living crisis. And that feels so weird to say, But to compound that, we're also dealing with increased interest rates, which means that mortgages are going up, uh, rents are also going up because there's that knock-on effect there. And I'm speaking to a lot of my friends right now who are considering using credit cards as a form of an emergency fund. And so I think it's very important, number one, to get ahead of any issues, but also number two, to help you be proactive, to be able to break this cycle if you are already struggling with credit cards And everything that's happening right now is pushing you further and further and further into credit card debt. Believe me, I've been there. It's horrible. I completely understand it. And I just want to be able to offer you some some gems. And some of these will be practical, practical things that you can do. And some of these will be practical things that you can embark on today, tomorrow. Um, But a large proportion of what I want to talk about is behavioral, and we'll talk about that towards the end of this episode. So to start this off, I just want to kind of put something out there, all right? And I know, because I felt it before, that there is a lot of shame, embarrassment, and stigma around debt. Credit card debt, overdraft debt, personal loans, whatever. You name it, whatever form of debt. There's a lot of shame and stigma around it. And I'm going to say what I've always said on YouTube. I've said on this podcast a number of times. I say this every time that I'm in a working group doing talks or workshops, and we're talking specifically about debt. We need to get rid of it. We need to get rid of the shame, the stigma that's attached to it, because ultimately we don't get taught any of this in school. You've heard me say this before. This isn't anything new. You know this. I mean, I remember when I first took out my first credit card, I thought the bank was doing me a favor. And I talk about this in my book. I literally thought the bank was doing me a favor. The bank was looking after me. After me, I thought foolishly the bank had my best interest at heart. I mean, how naive was I to think that? And so because of that, I didn't ask the right questions. I didn't even know the right questions to ask. And I feel like many of us, as we go through adulthood, we trial and error, you know, our interactions with debt. We try it to see if it works, see if it doesn't. In some cases, it works. In others, it doesn't to varying degrees of, I guess, hardship and damage. In my instance, it took me 15 years to to fix it. And so, look, be kind to yourself is what I'm trying to say. If you're struggling with credit card debt right now, be kind to yourself. Could you have done things better, differently? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe circumstances got you here. And if circumstances did, you're definitely not to blame. I mean, if I think about how I got into debt, I got into debt because I was homeless. I was on the street. I was 
sleeping on the streets. I couldn't feed myself. So what was I supposed to do? Rob someone? But I realized that I could go into debt to keep food in my belly. That was circumstance. Was it my fault I was on the street? Yeah. If I learned how to budget, maybe I wouldn't have been there. But hey, I can't undo that now. So be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Don't blame yourself. Don't, you know, think you're a loser. Don't think that you're you're terrible because you find yourself struggling with credit cards. None of that is true. What matters, though, is what we do from now to help you break free of the cycle. So this is the first thing, practically, that you need to do. And you need to have a, a, an assessment of your financial landscape. And what I mean by that is a really honest review and a really, really honest review. Honest being the operative word. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, who are you going to be honest with? If you, don't, if you can't be honest with yourself, I would argue that you're cheating yourself as well. So be honest with yourself. Have a look at your finances, your income, your expenditure. Where are you spending money where money doesn't need to be spent? There is a narrative that I keep hearing across all of social media. And this narrative is this idea that, you know, saving $9.99 or $8.99 on Netflix or Amazon is not going to help you make any true strides towards your life goals or your or change your circumstance. And I I vehemently beg to differ. It's not necessarily the one transaction, the one $8.99 for Amazon Prime that I guess sinks the ship. It's an accumulation of those kind of transactions that sink the ship. It's the Netflix, it's the Amazon, it's the gym membership that you don't ever use that that means that you're wasting money in places that shouldn't be used as a form of letting your money walk out of your pocket. You know, we need to be efficient. So being really honest with yourself around what is your financial landscape. Now, this includes doing a budget. Income on an A4 piece of paper, your expenses on the same A4 piece of paper. Are you spending more than what you've got coming in? If you are and you have zero disposable income, then there are two things that need to happen. The first is either you need to start cutting back dramatically in your spending. And where you would start, if you read my book, you would start in the non-essential column of your of your expenses first. So your non-essentials are things that you pay for that aren't essential to your existence. They will include Netflix, Amazon, gym memberships, any subscriptions that you have, going out with friends. Those types of things are where you would start to cut so that you can find money to allocate to your credit card so you can break this cycle. If that isn't possible, then the other reality is that you need to try and find another way of generating additional income. And I know for many people that is going to be unpalatable. You're already working a nine to five job, extremely tired after a long day's work, you know, day of work. You probably want to go home chill. We're talking about finding additional income here. So it may mean another job. It may mean generating a side hustle of some kind, doing something that will bring in some additional income that you can throw towards this problem. Because let's not make any mistake. In order to break free of this credit card cycle, you need income. The money has to come from somewhere. So you're either going to have to cut or you're going to have to be inventive and find another way of generating income. These are fundamental things that you're going to need to do. That's practical tip number one. Number two, 
Let's sit down and have a look at your credit cards. What have you got? Have you got one, two, three, four, five? I once worked with a client who had 10 credit cards with a balance of over £40,000 on all of them. Not equally spread, but eye-watering, like terrifying. Where are you? It's important to acknowledge that. Really sit down with them, tally up. Find out what cards you have. Find out what interest rates you're paying on these cards as well. Crucially important. And I'll tell you from my own personal experience, doing this is hard. When I, when I finally plucked up the courage to look at my credit card statements, it was terrifying. And to acknowledge that I owed the money that I did was terrifying as well. But a strange thing actually happened. I actually felt empowered. Because I thought, okay, I know the size of the problem now. I know what I need to do. I know what I'm facing. And I think that's quite liberating and can be very, very liberating for anyone who's struggling with credit cards. Because if you are like me, you probably don't look at your credit card statements. I'd never looked at mine because it was so depressing. It was so destroying. I never looked at mine. Pluck up the courage to look at it. I was like, okay, it's bad, but I know what I need to do. And that's the first thing. And again, remember, be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. And I have to stress as well, going into this with some kind of positive mental attitude, believe in yourself. It's crucial. Because if you go into it thinking, this is, this is impossible, guess what? It's probably going to be impossible. So you want to know what it is that you're owing on your credit cards. And you want to be really honest, sit down, tally it all up. And this is the information you're going to need. You're going to need, number one, what kind of cards you have. So is it an MBA? Is it a Barclay card? Is it a Vanquish? What is it? You're also going to need your balance and the interest rate that you're paying on them. Now, there are two ways that you could approach this, basically, okay, or two trains of thought. The first is that you categorize them by the highest interest rate first. And you tackle that one. But there's also another train of thought, which I actually quite like, which is backed by behavioral science that says that you should go for the one with the least balance first. Because if you tackle your least balance first and you pay that amount off, what happens is you get a psychological boost. You get that feel good feeling of there was 500 quid on that card. It's gone. Self-belief starts to kick in. Self-esteem starts to grow. And you start to think to yourself, I did that, I can do it again. And you're able to take that momentum into the next card. So how you choose to approach this is down to you. I like the latter, because I do believe that as human beings, we are creatures of habit. And if we form habits that are beneficial to us, we're more likely to carry on those habits. And the behavioral science also backs this up. Now, we can talk about how you go about actually breaking free of this cycle. Consolidation is an option. 0% balance transfers is also another option. 0% balance transfers is actually quite common. Now, you can do this. The issue with 0% balance transfers is if you're unlucky enough to have a lot on credit cards, you may not be able to get a balance transfer for the total amount. And if you if you find yourself in this position, what's really important for you to do is to transfer what you can onto the 0% balance transfer card. 
but you need to also have a plan. You need to be strategic with this. In the instance where you're only able to transfer a portion of what you owe onto a 0% balance transfer card and you've got some balance left over, you need to take a pragmatic approach. And the pragmatic approach you may decide to take is, well, you've got 0% for a chunk of your credit card balances on a card now that may be 0% for 12, maybe 24 months if you're lucky. But you're still going to have some balances on some other cards. In this instance, it's all about trying to make sure that you attack the cards where you're paying interest, which means that making minimum payments on the 0% balance transfer card that you've got, but throw in as much money as you possibly can into the cards where you are paying interest and trying to pay those down. Now, if all goes well, you'll pay that down over a period of time. That will then give you the ability to you know, focus your attention on the 0% balance transfer card. Now, I want to give you two things that cause me no end of pain because I was, I don't want to say naive, but I was just irresponsible. And that is, I went through the whole practice of 0% balance transfers multiple times. And thinking, yeah, this is great. I'll pay this down over the 12-month period that I have to pay this card down. But guess what? I never did. Kept making the minimum payments. And the stupid mistake that I did make is I never cut up the old card that I transferred a balance from. And because I didn't have an emergency fund, guess what? I ended up using the old card. And now I end up with two cards where I've got balances on both. And... I'm in even more debt than I started off with. So please, if you use a 0% balance transfer strategy, make sure that you cut up the card that you transferred from. And crucially, crucially, make sure that you do not carry around the card that you transferred the balances to. Particularly if you start paying it down and you have a little bit of headroom. Because guess what? You're likely to be tempted when an emergency comes around to top up that headroom and max yourself out again. Believe me, I've done it. It is so counterintuitive. So discipline is really, really important here when using 0% balance transfers. In an ideal world, if you are in the realm where you've been able to get a 0% balance transfer for everything that you owe on the credit card, then the strategy should be to pay down the entire balance that you owe or as much as possible by the time your 0% balance transfer offer ends. And I'm going to be honest with you, depending on how much you, are, you owe and how much you earn, how much disposable income you have, it can be stressful. But believe me, I think this is where we have to talk about pain for the short period of time that you're having to deal with this for the potential long-term benefits that you're going to feel, that peace of mind that you're going to feel when you've gone through the pain and you've come out the other end, because that is invaluable. And that's really what the goal is, to be debt-free, to break this cycle of credit card debt. So try to be as disciplined as possible. And again, in your budget, you're probably going to have to cut things out. You might have to sacrifice a takeaway. You might have to sacrifice a night out with your friends. You might have to sacrifice a holiday. But this is all in aid of the greater good. So please be disciplined. Now, the other approach you could do is you could do consolidation, which would mean that you basically have all of your cards, whatever, how many, however many you have, and however much you earn, you owe on those cards. 
and you put those into a personal loan of some kind. Now, the benefit that you're going to have here is that in opposed to a credit card where it's an open facility, an open revolving facility with a personal loan, you know that you're going to make a set monthly payment and over X period of time, your debt is going to be paid and you're going to be free from it. And there won't be any temptations potentially to top up your personal loan because you'd have to go through another application. But crucially, like I've said for the credit card, if you do adopt this particular strategy to break this credit card cycle, it's imperative that you cut up the cards once you've paid them all off and you proceed or commence with the credit with the personal loan payments. Crucial. If you do not do that, you're leaving yourself open to temptation. And if you're anything like I was, temptation is easy to, to succumb to, particularly if you're dealing with peer pressure, particularly if you're dealing with family pressures, particularly if you are prone to being perhaps making financial decisions in an emotive state. So please bear that in mind. I do want to talk about one thing or a couple of things actually that are crucial. And I say crucial, absolutely pivotal to breaking this cycle. And in my in my experience, way more important than the practical tips I've just given you. If I think back over my journey and my story, my struggle with debt, one of the things that I realized, certainly in writing my own my book, was that I got myself into certain habits, spending habits that didn't bode well. So for example, it's common sense to have an emergency fund. I knew that I needed to have an emergency fund. But at the time, I was more concerned with being with friends, impressing people, succumbing to peer pressure than actually securing my own financial security, my own financial landscape. I was more concerned with those things. And that was down to habits. It was down to being a spontaneous spender. And those things you may think are harmless, are things that just happen, but they don't. They're things that we have accepted as routine. We have accepted as part of our behavioral systems that kick in subconsciously and almost run on autopilot. And unless we are cognizant and consciously aware of how we develop those habits, what those habits are, how to manage those habits, you're going to find yourself back in the credit card cycle pretty quickly. This is all about behavioral science. This is all about mindset. This is all about identifying the routines that we've fallen into that are second nature, that we just do without thinking. If you read my book, there's a portion in my book where I talk extensively about this. I talk about the fact that I was working in Canary Wharf, I was earning really, really well, but I find myself broke at the end of every single month when I shouldn't have been. And when I really delved into why that was, it was because my spending habits were just so out of whack. I was spending money on autopilot on things that I didn't need. And, and I would have certain triggers that would lead me to spending money in the way that I was. And it took me time 
it took me conscious effort to be able to identify what those triggers are. And behaviorally, we all have these triggers. We all have these spending habits. We all have these mindsets. And this is what I want to encourage you to do because this is more important than the practical tips. You need to consciously and practically go after trying to understand what your spending habits are, what your mindset tendencies are when it comes to how you spend and interact with your money. Because if you can understand this, you'll start to unpick some of the habits that may have got you into credit card debt in the first place. Is it being spontaneous? Is it, you know, succumbing to peer pressure? Is it because you like to shop? What is it? You need to be able to identify that. That can be really, really hard. I did this through journaling. I did it through really identifying first and foremost, right, so how much am I spending? And back in the day, this is, you know, 2013, 14, I was spending 700, 800 pounds a month on just junk, just rubbish. Like, I don't know, even know what. And when I drilled down into it, it was nights out with the boys. It was shopping sporadically. It was takeaways. It was dumb stuff that I didn't need and certainly didn't add any value to me. But I had to journal. I had to really think about what, how does this happen? How does this happen? And I discovered it was when I was around certain people, certain times of the month. It was when I went to certain places. And by identifying what the triggers are, I was able to introduce management systems to help me get there. And I also had to address my own internal relationship with money, my mindset, the fact that I'm a spontaneous spender and my habits inform that. And so please, please try to explore this. To help you, I've recently been working a lot on the behavioral side of finance and I've actually created four behavioral assessments. One of them talks to your financial competency. How competent are you in making financial decisions? It helps you ascertain those. One of them is your money personality. Are you a spontaneous spender? Are you a saver? Are you a carefree kind of person? It helps you identify what personality trait you are, what it means, and how you can use it to your favor and opposed to having it work against you. There's one around spending habits. What are those triggers for you spending money in the way that you do? do is there a pattern to it? Ask those questions, gives you a result, tells you how you can actually improve it as well. And the last one is on your money mindset. So what are the tendencies, the beliefs that you hold that you grew up with? And I talk about this in my book. I had my first money lesson that set my mindset when I was five to six years old. And that was observing that my best friend next door, Glenn, at dinner time was having better dinners than we were. I mean, it smelled beautiful in his kitchen. And I looked at our kitchen and we had beans on toast, fish fingers on toast for, for dinner because we couldn't afford any more than that. And that cultivated or at least planted the seed that money is scarce. I had a money scarcity mindset. And that was the reason why when I was making good money in Canary Wharf, I went out and spent this money on all the things that I thought that I needed. 
So that test is available. And again, it, it helps you ascertain what your money mindset is and what you can do to help you improve it and help it you, help it work for you in opposed to against you. I will leave a link to all of those tests down below in the show notes on Apple, Spotify, all of the good podcast outlets that you're listening on right now. If you're watching this on YouTube, it will be down in the description section as well. And if you do take the test, I would really love to know which ones you took and how, what did your results actually tell you? What did you take from it? I'd really love to know. But I hope that you found this episode interesting and helpful. If you did, please share it with someone that you know who may benefit from this. And please do share, like. And if you haven't already on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, if you haven't left us a review, would really appreciate you leaving us a review as well. Thank you so much. Until next week, remember, money is a tool. Life is for living. Catch you soon. Woo!